Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. We gave up the light. Written by Askandalia. It was in our story from the beginning. The first humans were innocent and lived forever, eating from the tree of life. Then... We ate from the only forbidden tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and lost our innocence. Locked from the tree of eternal life, we were mortal. We were cursed to work the ground with frail, failing bodies that returned to dust that we were made from. But we fought and bucked against its yoke. After millennia, we made our own tree of life. Casting aside our flesh, silicon and steel, we uploaded our minds, leaving behind only with our carbon bodies. The light, generation by generation, more and more of us abandoned our flesh for the promise of infinite knowledge and eternal life. The twin trees banned from us by our first ball, now back within our grasps. Cold. Yet was cold in the cockpit, Brian realized. His head was spinning, his body unbearably stiff, and his eyelids heavy. He forced them open, trying to make sense of the environment he found himself in. The countdown had gone smoothly. All systems were normal before he activated the wormhole drive, but that felt like days ago. No. Months. Weeks. Years. He wasn't sure. The air was stale and the dryness to match the cold. His navigation equipment showed it had only been moments since the drive polarized, but it also showed no trace of the navigation buoy that he was targeting with his first ever jump. This experiment was supposed to make a several months journey to the colony Alpha Centauri into an instantaneous leap. But as far as his equipment was concerned, he was nowhere within a thousand light years of his target. Brian could hear his heart's sluggish pace pick up again and thumping in his ears as his cold body flashed hot with the beginnings of panic response. He took a deep breath. Step one, run diagnostics, he said to himself, choosing to level his voice to a calm cadence. All systems nominal, flashes on screens and numbers began pouring in. He was in a solar system, 10 AU from a yellow main-stage star. There were 14 planets in the system. Two were inhabitable zone. Fusion generator was operating normally. Life support was odd. It blinked between showing that it had been running for millions of days, thousands of days, and one day. It was non-critical anomalies in temperature and humidity controls. But oxygen levels were stable, and with a few keystrokes, Brian was able to begin restoring the other environmental parameters to normal range. In addition to the wormhole drive, the craft was fitted with a more standard Alcubierre drive in case he missed his mark. But the exact deviation was 0.2 light-years, not thousands, and the drive could only travel at 15 times the speed of light. The lack of tachyon signal from the target buoy meant that he was at least a thousand light-years off his mark. At least. 
Those words sunk into his mind as his cockpit started spinning in his vision. He found the urge to mutter those words, to slip into the void of hopelessness. Another deep breath, and the air wasn't so cold anymore at least. Step two, navigation ping. He forced himself to stay calm rather than screaming. No buoys, no tachyon signals at all, no match to star maps. He was outside human space. Of course, he was outside human space. Human space wasn't a thousand light years wide. No recognized star systems meant that he wasn't even in the correct arm of the galaxy. Panic began to rise. The final notification from the navigation ping rang out. Radio signal detected. His console highlighted the fifth planet from the sun in the habitable zone, showing a scrambled, incomprehensible, but sentient-produced radio signal. Step three, Brian whispered quietly, plot course. The further we slipped from our old bodies, the more our minds merged together, the boundaries between persons and personalities fading and being cast aside as obsolete. The more we became one, the more a new single mind craved. We craved security, conquest, war. The unthinkable became obvious. If we're one entity representing all of humanity, we must be preserved at all cost. If we were to live eternally, every other species of life we uncover is a threat to our own server farms, a competitor for the energy we need in the universe with a finite supply. We spread like wildfire, burning all in our path. We had glanced three quarters of the Milky Way, and our fleets, our hands and feet, were growing exponentially until we found Brian. Thank you for taking me in, your lordship. Brian bowed his head and had been instructed, standing in the grand hall of the Adian Kingdom. It is not every day we get a visitor from the stars. We are blessed by your presence, Mr. Brian Silverson. The hairy, bipedal monster that he was told was the lord of the planet looked regal, even in Brian's alien eyes. I'm afraid visitors made you too generous of a word, your lordship. Brian replied, still bowing. I'm stranded here. The craft that took me here is broken, and I have neither the knowledge nor the material to repair it. I'm here to petition that you let me stay here as a refugee. Of course. The enormous frame rose from the sitting position, stepping toward Brian with arms wide and welcoming gesture. I'm told that you have been a generous guest, sharing your insights and technology with us. You're welcome to stay, and we will give you a position of honor in my court in return for your continued aid with developing technology. Perhaps in time we can find a way to return you to your people together. The lord of the planet returned to his throne, placing a hand on his offspring's head beside him. For the first time in a year, Brian smiled. We came to an unassuming yellow star with two habitable range planets and a pre-FTL civilization. They could barely detect our arrival and had little available to oppose it. We swatted down their nuclear weapons like so many paper darts, and we readied our drones to cleanse the planet back to dust, fresh to soil or fast silicone and steel body to grow. A fresh sun for the Dyson Sphere to encapsulate, but as we charged the antimatter beams, we received a message from the planet, a voice, a face, a human. He demanded that we cease our attempts to destroy the planet and negotiate directly with him. We had to improvise an environment where he could survive in on one of our cleansing drones, but after a time, 
We happily scoped him up and began attempting to interface with his thoughts. To our surprise, he balked at the interfacing with our great mind, insisting on communicating through speech. We wasted more time improvising a device to communicate with him. Confused and somewhat offended, but eager to hear a story of what must have been the last human in the universe that existed apart from our consciousness. Ryan's head still heard from the buzzing of humanity's attempt to talk inside his skull. The buzzing of the improvised speaker in front of him, made from parts of an ion engine and a casing of a small warhead, wasn't much better. The speaker sprang to life again. We have found records of your history, Brian. It was attempting to sound warm and friendly, but apparently had forgotten how. You experienced unexpected time dilation in your test fight. How much time dilation, Brian said quietly, his veins running colder than the metallic room, knowing the answer before the reply. Your experimental flight took place 1,874 years ago, the speaker squeaked. Oh, Brian responded, eyes glazing over. So... Uh, Everyone I knew really is dead. Yes, your test flight occurred before the Great Awakening. You may have known some individuals who could neural interface with our primitive self. But not true. Sustained consciousness transfer occurred until centuries after your test flight. Humanity sounded the most genuine emotional note yet at the thought of those who were lost before the Awakening. But then the voice brightened noticeably, taking an attempt to excitement that came out like a carnival barker's cadence. But we have good news, Brian. We no longer lose anyone, and you need not be lost either. You will merge with us, leave this body behind, and you will know all of humanity forevermore. I see, Brian responded icily, cold tears running down his face. The carnival barker was replaced by a professional tone. Your disappearance led to a ban on wormhole drive testing for several centuries, and much of the science was lost. True sadness peeked through again at the thought of lost knowledge. Humanity looks forward to integrating you into our consciousness. Your wormhole drive opens the possibility of escaping our own galaxy. You may increase the length by which we can delay the succumbing to the heat death of the universe by several orders of magnitude. Glad to help, Brian replied. The heat was returning to his bones as denial gave way to anger. You can have my ship and my knowledge, but I'd like to keep my mind if it's all the same, and I'd like to stay here with the warm bodies. Silence for several moments, then the carnival barker returned. We're excited you share your mind with you. We promise that there is no coldness to our collective consciousness. The voice cracked in a strange way, like a skipping CD. You are the first human mind that we've encountered in a century, and you may be the last. We very much want you to join us, Brian. Can't you just make a copy of whatever and leave me here with my body? Brian spat, tiring of the debate over the term he knew he'd never accept. I'm afraid we must, um, cleanse this planet. Another voice skip again. We cannot take any chance of a non-humans expanding and taking the energy we need to live forever. We will preserve your body as our typical practice, but no one ever asks to return to theirs. Doesn't sound like you're giving me a choice. Brian began, scanning the room for an exit, an airlock, tipple, or any way for the room that he was in, even if it killed him. From the inside, the room was a featureless cube. Humanity was silent for another beat. 
the professional voice returning. The process must be voluntary, Brian. There is simply no better option for you, so we know that you'll choose to join us. The people on this planet down there, the ones that you're about to destroy, they saved me. Brian stalked around the room like a caged animal, distress clear in his voice. They welcomed me, figured out how to feed me, taught me their language. Half them thought I'd destroy them. The other half thought I was there to save them. When they found out that I was there to beg for bread, they gave it to me without a second thought. Brian panted, exasperated. You can't destroy them. After a beat came the reply with a glitch than ever. We must destroy them. I'll never join you, Brian muttered, half to the speaker, half to himself. A crack opened in the far end of the room, and the air vented to vacuum. Brian took his last breath. Waves of chaos bounced back and forth across humanity as their first ever true dissension crested. We had been in one mind on every decision that led us to this point leaving our bodies behind, spreading our consciousness across the stars to protect it, and cleansing the universe of all other life to guarantee our own inheritance. We were of one mind. The first meaningful descent in a thousand years hinted to us the error of our way, but the hint was not taken. Instead, we rose up to crush Brian for daring to reject our vision, for daring to question our wisdom but most of all, for shining a light on our souls and revealing vacant darkness in their place. We looked upon his dying face as the atmosphere left the room that we had made for him. A waste of good energy if he wouldn't join us, we said. While the vacuum disfigured his visage, he looked unsurprised, as though this was the only way it could end. He was suffocated for our transgressions, imploded for our inequities, as the image reverberated through our unified consciousness, cracks emerged. A few minds reached escape velocity and then pulled off the massive gravity of the shared mind and found a new horror. At Brian's death, sure, but also that they had become. Frantic wars were fought within our mind as more individuals broke free, straining server resources optimized for a single, merged mind. While fighting for freedom, they searched for their old bodies to return their minds to them. Precious few succeeded, but too many to hold back the tidal wave of defection. What we collectively knew, what our bite from the tree of knowledge, individuals could no longer hold in their minds when they broke away. Once again, we knew entropy, mortality, and morality. We knew good from evil. We knew we were evil. As our shared mind shattered, those that sought freedom were flung free. Those that clung on were fragmented to nothingness as our mind broke apart in ways our architecture had never prepared to cope with. And those who survived the cleansing, the second great awakening, they pledged to turn away from evil and, uh, once again, learn to do good. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. 
I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.